welcome to another episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly and today I have three questions. The first is from Millie. Here she is. Hi Molly, I'm Millie and I'm eight years old. I, re- I used to live in England and now I live in Connecticut, America and I love diving. I have a question for you. Why do flamingos stand on one leg? Thank you, bye. Thanks for your great question, Millie. Well, flamingos, as you all know, are brilliant looking pink birds. They're very sociable and often gather in flocks of hundreds or even millions of birds all together. You can usually see them feeding or sleeping in the water of lakes or lagoons, often standing only on one leg, just like Millie noticed. Can you stand on one leg? I can, but not for too long. I'm going to try standing on one leg now as I'm talking and tell you when I get tired. Flamingos are very clever because they can stand on one leg for hours and hours. The funny thing is that no one has ever been able to work out why they stand on one leg. Here are three ideas the experts have come up with. The first is that it keeps them warm because if they have both feet in the water, then they could get chilly. The second idea is that maybe it helps them to sleep. That's right, flamingos can fall asleep when they're standing on one leg. Here the idea is that only one half of their body falls asleep. The other half keeps an eye out for anything dangerous. Flamingos aren't the only creatures that do this. Whales, for example, can also fall asleep with half of their brain and stay awake with the other half, which means that half their brain gets a rest and the other half keeps them swimming around the ocean and safe. How cool would that be if you could sleep with half your brain and do something else with the other half? The third idea is the most popular idea. And that is that for flamingos, it just uses less energy to stand on one leg because of the shape of their body. When a flamingo stands on one leg, they use less muscle power than when they stand on two. Right, I'm going to stand on both legs now. Now that feels better. It's easier for us humans to stand on two legs. But for flamingos, they get less tired standing on one leg than two and can even have a snooze when standing on just one leg. What idea do you think is most likely? They don't want to stand with both feet in the water because they get cold. They're resting half their body and sleeping. Or it's easier to stand on one leg instead of two. I'm going to go for the last one, which is the one most experts think is the answer too. That it's easier to stand on one leg instead of two. But only if you're a flamingo. As well as standing on one leg, flamingos are known for being pink. Do you like wearing pink, Millie? With flamingos, it's their feathers that are pink, and this time the experts know exactly why. A baby flamingo is called a chick, and when the chicks are born, they're actually grey. They're not pink at all. Why is this? Well, when chicks are born, they can't feed on their own when they're very little. Their parents feed them using a liquid which they make in their tummies and then sick up into their mouths to feed into their chicks. What a funny way to feed. When the parents feed their babies with this liquid, the flamingo chicks start to turn pink. So why is this? Well, the reason there's such a pink thing going on is because flamingos love to eat foods containing something called carotenoid. If you think carotenoid sounds like carrot, then you'd be right. Carotenoid is what gives carrots their colour. And it's also what gives autumn leaves their colour too. Flamingos get this pigment called carotenoid from eating algae, which contains loads of it. 
They also get some from little shrimp and other crustaceans that feed on algae too. The more algae a flamingo eats, the darker pink its feathers will be. When parents feed food from their tummies to their chicks, they lose their pink colour. But once the chicks learn how to eat on their own, their parents get the pink colour back again as they begin to eat lots of algae and keep it all for themselves. Then they turn back to that special shade of flamingo pink. Next time you find yourself standing on one leg or putting on something pink, think of flamingos. I hope that answers your question, Millie. If you have a question you would like answered, don't forget to send it to me. I can be found at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Our next question comes from Dia. She's nine years old and she lives in Bali, which is a beautiful tropical island in Indonesia. Have a listen to her question. It's in the language she speaks in Bali called Bahasa Indonesian. I'll translate it for you after you listen. Nama saya Dia, umur saya 9 tahun. Saya tinggal di Bali. Saya suka berenang. Pertanyaan saya, kenapa ada ombak di pantai? Thanks, Dia, for your brilliant question. Just a quick translate for anyone listening who doesn't speak Bahasa Indonesian. Dia said, My name is Dia, I'm nine years old, I live in Bali, and I like swimming. And my question is, why are there waves at the beach? Well, I think that's a great question. If you've ever been to the beach, which I bet lots of you have, and Dia, probably you go there every day. You'll have jumped in the waves and heard the water crashing onto the beach. But have you ever wondered, like Dia has, about why this happens? Well, you can try this out for yourself. Try blowing air over the top of a glass of water. What you will see is that the air you blow makes little waves across your drink. The same thing is happening on a bigger scale out at sea. When the wind blows over the water of the ocean, it makes waves. Why do these waves come crashing onto the beach? Well, waves crash onto beaches across Deer's Island of Bali and every beach in the world because of the shape of the ocean floor. When wind makes waves out at sea, the waves are quite upright. But as the waves flow toward a beach, the water becomes more and more shallow as the ocean floor gets closer to the beach. You'll know about this yourself because just think when you walk from the beach out into the sea, it's shallow at first and easy to walk and then gets deeper and deeper up to your tummy and then you have to jump off and swim. It's the same for a wave, but it's going the other way. As the wave moves into a more shallow water, the bottom of the wave drags against the ocean floor and slows down. But the top part of that same wave doesn't touch the floor. It's the part of the wave you can see heading towards the beach. It goes faster and faster as it has nothing to rub up against. The top part of the wave goes so fast until it topples over and whoosh, it breaks with a crash onto the beach. The crashing sound of the wave breaking is the sound of hundreds of little air bubbles in the wave popping as they hit the beach. I hope that answers your question, dear. If you have a question you would like answered, don't forget to send it to me. I'd love to hear all your questions about anything you can think of. I can be found at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Now, do you remember last week I asked you to send in your impressions of a bear roaring? We had lots of brilliant bear roars. Thank you, everyone. This is our favourite. Now you're in the mood for bears, it's time for our last question. This one is from Tommy. Here he is. My name is Tommy. I love swimming. I'm four. And my question is, why do bears hibernate if they got long fur to keep them warm? Thanks, Tommy, for sending in your brilliant question. Well, like you said, bears have really thick fur to keep them warm, like a big thick coat. 
so if it was just about the temperature, they probably wouldn't need to go to sleep for the whole winter. But actually, the reason bears sleep in winter is because there's no food for them to eat. Bears like to eat all kinds of food. They eat insects, berries, nuts and sap. They eat meat and they eat fish. In the summer, there's lots of all of this food around for them to eat and they get nice and fat. But in the winter, there's very little of the things they need to eat as the world goes quiet and still and dark and becomes very cold. So bears then curl up in their dens and sleep for as long as seven whole months. Can you imagine sleeping for seven whole months? They sleep until spring comes once again and there's food around for them to eat. When the bears are sleeping, they don't need food and they can get enough energy from the fat of their own bodies they built up by eating lots in the summer. During the time bears are asleep, they don't eat, drink, pee or poo. In fact, they plug up their bottoms with a plug, like you use in the bath to stop the water from going out. This plug is called a tappan. They make the plugs themselves out of a mixture of poo, their own fur and bits of soft plants they use to line their dens. They even lick their own feet and use bits of dry skin from their feet to make the plug. At the beginning of spring, the bears push this plug out of their bottoms near the entrance of their den. Spring is a wonderful time for bears. Often new bear cubs have been born during the winter while the bears were sleeping in their dens. In the dens, the bear cubs feed on milk and they make a loud kind of humming noise while they're drinking to help make more milk. It sounds like this. That's the sound of feeding bear cubs in their den. When spring comes, the whole family comes out into the world and this is the first time a new bear cub has ever seen the big wide world. They spend the spring and summer learning about life, playing in the sunshine and eating lots of food. They get nice and fat so they can go to sleep for the whole winter when there's no food about for them to eat. I hope that answers your question, Tommy. Okay, that's our three questions. Time is nearly up. Next week, we're going to be talking about snakes. So I want to hear from you all with your best snake impression or anything you want to tell me about snakes. Do you like snakes? Have you ever seen a snake? Just tell me anything you know about them. I'll play the best slithery snake story or fact on next week's show. Right, thank you so much for listening. We've had fun today finding out about funny flamingos, windy waves and sleeping bears thanks to Millie, Dia and Tommy. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week to answer more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. So do come and join me then. If you have a question you would like answered, just record yourself asking it and send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Thank you and goodbye.